a ball of yarn you use once usually and then it's it's an ephemeral thing and i think it's nice to give someone sort of pillars of their hobby as as gifts so they can say oh they can think of you throughout the year Okay, so in today's episode, we are going to talk about our favorite knitting gift ideas uh, for the special knitter in your life. And we have some interesting ideas, like a tool that will bring new life to your knits overnight. An old school way for capturing your knitting ideas and inspiration. An experience that will soothe any knitter's soul and their hands. And a gold star recommendation from both of us for a genuine innovation in knitting tools. We've got all of that more and more coming up right now. Okay, Margaret, the holidays are coming up and I uh, am always getting questions from people like, what do I get for my friend that's obsessed with knitting that's not, you know, more yarn because obviously the hole in our heart that could hold all the yarn is bottomless you there's no way to fill that hole completely you should get other things too well you know i strive to as a gift giver and i pride myself on being a good gift giver coming up with something that is let's say more meaningful or out of the box um that the person is really going to appreciate and that could be a ball of yarn but let's just say that if you didn't want to do that i think but yarn shopping is very personal so i think it's hard to be able to anticipate exactly what someone else would want with yarn so i agree with you i think it's nice to give someone sort of investment pieces in their hobby so show like this is something that you can grow with it's not a one it's not you, you know a ball of yarn you use once usually and then it's it's an ephemeral thing and i think it's nice to give someone sort of pillars of their hobby as as gifts so they can say oh they can think of you throughout the year when they're making things <laughs> say what an awesome gift that was <laughs> so in, in that a purely vein... selfish way Absolutely. So in that vein, let's talk about some ideas for gifts uh, that are are not yarn for the knitter in your life. Absolutely. Do you want to go first? I can go first. Uh, let me pull up my my list here. So we're going to do five picks each. And then I think we have some bonus picks that we're going to include for our members uh, that you can you'll be able to find on in the in the Yarnus Society community. So my first pick, something that I have experienced more as I've gotten older, and because I've moved to a climate that is significantly colder, um, when I haven't been knitting for a while and start getting back into it, I end up getting, um, I don't want to call it carpal tunnel because I don't, or like a repetitive stress injury because I don't. Repetitive motion injuries are definitely a thing. 
I wouldn't say that I I would say that it's more akin to just being sore, you know, like if you had hadn't worked out in a while, right? But especially on a really cold day, I can feel it in my hand, this hand where I'm I'm often kind of making this motion to manipulate the yarn. And so I thought what would be really great is an experience. Okay, and the experience is getting a hand massage. Ooh. And I think usually you can do this at like a like a nail salon will often offer yeah. this. If you get a, a manicure, they will usually throw in a hand massage and it's one of the best things. So I would maybe even get that get them a manicure, right? That would be if they're already there uh, for that. Just upgrade for the, you know, the extra special package and get them that hand massage on top of it. And, you know, it's a decent priced gift. I think, you know, I think I've only gotten a manicure once in my life, but I remember it being in the like 30 or $40 range. I think it depends Sir, on if you get out. your, I think you it's get if, more manicures more often. They're delightful. <laughs> <laughs> so you can correct me if i'm wrong um but i i think it depends on what your nail treatment is but you can also definitely usually the they will offer even if you decide to do like a no polish one the hand massage is usually part of the package and it is well worth the price of admission so that's my first out of the box pick hand massage i think that's a really good one i was gonna say my first pick um, would be an interchangeable needle set. So that's a, it's a higher price point gift usually, especially depending on the, uh, depending on the brand. But if you want sort of an evergreen gift that is going to last a really long time, you get so much flexibility in there. There are lots of really great companies that have, I mean, back, I think back when I was a, teenager there was really only one that I that I knew of and it was not a great interchangeable set but there are some really nice ones on the market these days so I think that that is a great and they usually come very nicely wrapped up um Addie Scassell is one of my favorite ones I remember borrowing your set once and being like oh I want these forever now please and thank you um yeah the the Addie uh clicks clicks. are are the ones that I the interchangeable set that I have and I use most often. I own a couple of click uh, uh, sets from um, Knitter's Pride. Oh, interchangeable sets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and those are very similar to the ones that you can get on Nitpicks. I know on Nitpicks, you can get a starter interchangeable set for even like 20 or 30 bucks. It only comes with like three sets of needles but it's, and a, it's also so it's a thing where you can grow it can grow with you as you get more into knitting if you decide you these are the only sets that you really need then that's all that you really need and i think that that's a really great uh it's a great investment in mm-hmm. your long-term happiness and ultimately will make you spend less money than if you were getting a ton of different fixed needle sizes so I think that that is a a nice investment and way to show you care. 
Oh, for sure. And those kits can, those sets can go up to, you know, a couple hundred dollars. I think the Lantern Moon, uh, you know, they do those really nice rosewood sets. I was going to say, if you have, if the person that you are gifting for has material preferences, they like um, nickel plated or they like wooden or they like bamboo or there's carbon fiber ones that are fantastic like there are so many options within there that you can there's something for everyone in the interchangeable needle space absolutely so yeah so you can I would definitely... say know your knitter to know what material they're going to want and then Mm -hmm. or even that the brand be... you know if they have yeah a, you know if they're like a high higher person like high high has a really really great steel set um or yeah you want something that's on the luxury side you want something that feels a little bit more natural than you know Leica has uh you know the driftwood needles that are really I think nice knitters pride has an aluminum set as well if you are that's like color-coded i've worked with it the, they're a little noisy for my the aluminum ones are a little noisy for my taste but they make a very good needle so it's a there's a lot of things available and i just Absolutely. think it's a it's a fantastic gift i would lose my mind <laughs> <laughs> and i already I'll have a couple but i'd be like yes <laughs> yeah but actually I'm, you can't I'm, go wrong i'm with picky so another tool that I think is essential or really useful, but it's not something that people think about as being a knitting tool necessarily, um, is something that helps you block your knits. Because for me, you know, I do my best to block my stuff regularly when I'm making my gauge swatches or after I've finished a project. Um, but I hate doing the wet block. Like it just takes so much effort to, <laughs> to, you know, if you're doing like a sweater or something like that, or like, you know, it gets really heavy and stuff and you have to like roll it up in a towel and jump on the towel and get all the water out and then lay it out and let it dry for longer. There's a better way. And that is with a garment steamer. And I think that you can get these somewhere in the realm of like $50. Um, less. It's less? possible to get them for less. Garment steamers have become more popular these days. I think people realize, you know, it's nice and it's compact. Mm. You can get them for okay. like 20 bucks now. Fantastic. I mean, it's yeah. literally just, it's like a kettle, you know, that just has a tube attached to it with a little with wand. Little yeah. So... Uh, yeah, they're not complicated devices, um, but being able to hang something up and use the steamer as a way to block it. One, I think it blocks it faster and it sets the stitches quicker. Um, and it's just way more fun to... Everyone loves a gadget. Yeah, to use the steamer. So... Yeah, absolutely. You can probably find one on Amazon for, like Margaret said, 20, 30 bucks. Um, but it's something that will be amazingly useful, not just for blocking your garments, but, you know, for, for blocking you know. your life. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, just, but just throw you your just, clothes you, in. You just steam out all the wrinkles, you know. Also, if you photograph anything for like product photography, steam your background. Steam it so it looks not wrinkly. It is the easiest thing to improve the quality of your photographs. So that is that's just a steamer tip from Mags. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm full of steamer tips. Um, I was also, I had a, see, I'm a wet blocker. I know I have the tools to do a steam blocker. I would say blocking tools like a gridded mat. There are some really good ones that you can get that are like, you know, those like foam um, squares that you used to have in like preschool that they would grid together to make a floor. They have those that are marked out in inches or centimeters or whatever. So you can block things to the, I think that that is just a really thoughtful, helpful thing. And you can, and so they often come in sets with pins and um, blocking wires. So blocking tools are really helpful. Also, this was not on my list, but just fun tip for how to get all the water out of your garment when you're wet blocking. Get a salad spinner that's designated for your knitting. Hmm. It's small. It's manageable. You're just spinning all the water out without wringing anything out. Have a salad spinner. That's another tip for the day. There we go. Yeah, that's a great but idea. yeah, but I would say a, a blocking mat that's marked out with measurements is a super helpful tool. And it just, it takes, I think blocking items in general takes your garments from, or your knitted pieces from, oh, I can see you made that to, whoa, I had no idea you made that. That looks so good. Like just that one act of blocking things out, smoothing everything in place, letting it rest makes it uh it's like when you're sewing press everything when you're knitting block everything i know it's a pain in the moment but it really is worth it for professional final results and i think that the blocking tools that that like you're talking about are essential for if you're a big lace knitter like you can't oh, do a steam indisputably you can't do steam blocking on a lace project the same way you need to be able to spread it out, pin and it down. stretch it. Yeah. So I always wondered why the knitting versions of those things were so expensive. Um, because, yeah, I even have some of those foam blocks, I, the big foam blocks that my kids play with. Definitely repurposed some of my child's and my, my child's blocks. And even when I'm just trying to get something to... Um, to dry and I don't necessarily need to stretch it into a specific dimension if I'm just doing my gauge swatches. You know, there are those um, collapsible fabric bins that you can get. I have one for a dog crate actually, but there are like, they it's wires with fabric that creates a box that gets air flow below and above. So that's a nice thing to just have and they collapse hmm. and they go sit away. They're often in like the laundry basket section uh -huh. of your store. And I I use those to create a flat space where I can get airflow above and below the swatch and try and get it to dry faster because there's only so much I can do in my humid climate. Well, for my next pick, one of the things that um, is important 
to do with your knits is maintenance. Um, it doesn't matter how nice of yarn you have. It doesn't matter how well you knit the project. You're going to experience wear and tear on the garment and you're going to get pilling. And that those pills are the quickest way to make you look shabby. But when you get rid of those, it's like you have a new garment. It's amazing how different your garment looks because you have gone and cleaned it up. And I have used a bunch of solutions over the year. I remember I was at a convention and this company had something called a an illy brush or something or a lily brush. I don't remember. And it was kind of meant for dog hair, but they were showing how you could use it to like remove these pills. So I got one and it's not good for that. And then <laughs> I got a sweater stone, which is kind of like a pumice stone for your sweater. And it's a little bit more porous um, with kind of like, it feels not, it doesn't feel sharp. A sandpapery feeling? No, it's it's rougher than that. Okay. Mm. And so you you kind of like brush it along your sweater and it picks up and pulls off all of those um, pills. Way too much effort. Okay. Um, the best thing that I have found by far is a sweater shaver. So it's just a tiny little motorized blade that has a screen on it. And you just kind of like. Because no slicing holes in our sweaters, please. Yeah. And they're pretty good as long as you don't press down mm -hmm. on it so that you like can actually compromise the the yarn. It does a, It's so fast. It's so simple. And you you will be amazed at how refreshed your stuff looks. I was even just looking at my hat in the mirror and thinking like, good Lord, like I look like a homeless person uh, because it just has all of these pills everywhere. And I know if I just took that sweater shaver um, and I'm pretty sure we got it for four or $5 at the store. So they're not even expensive. You don't have to get one that's super nice. Um, but they are incredibly useful. Very effective tools. I have, uh, I used to use them on flannel as well because I make flannel blankets and it uh -huh. gets all the pills off the flannel really nicely. Because really flannel, uh, the pills are just the um, the shortest fibers from whenever, uh, whether it's cotton or wool or whatever the fiber is. It's it's the shortest fiber in whatever that yarn is saying, adios, I've done my part, goodbye. So let give them a good send-off. Yeah, I mean, eventually, you know, you will wear through the fabric probably, but... Um, it's going to take a while. As long as you... This is more a matter of aesthetics. Like, you know, the, the pilling is not somehow getting rid of it. It's not going to improve the garment. No, but, but it's it will make, make it, it look, look nicer, nicer for longer. Exactly. Yep. All right. And uh, something I had on my list is a 
knitting graph paper notebook. Hmm. Um, so I just find a lot of people I, having just a designated notebook to put all of your, I, cause no matter what we're making, I mean, I, maybe I just am bad at following instructions exactly, but I like to think that, you know, I have a specific idea of what I want my project to look like, even if it's just changing the yarn color. Sometimes the graph knitting graph paper notebook in particular, if you're interested in doing color work at all is really helpful just for sketching out ideas because as I'm sure we've discussed at another point, knitting is not knit stitches are not square. A regular graph paper notebook is going to be equal sides with a top. I think it's actually a four to five ratio for us right. uh, for a standard stock in that stitch, or maybe it's two two to three. Um, they're slightly wider than they are tall, so they're they're short rectangles, <laughs> squat rectangles, and having a notebook that gives you those accurate proportions means you're not going to say, oh, I have a really great idea for cute little hearts on my hat. And then all of a sudden they look kind of more blobby than heart-like. Um, it's just a nice idea to be able to properly draw that out. And it can save you so much time and heartache. Plus, who doesn't like playing with colored pencils? I love playing with colored pencils or markers, whatever there's... your tool of choice. There's definitely something to be said for having that physical interaction. I know when I'm trying to think through an idea, it helps me a lot to actually put the pen to paper rather than type things up into like notes or something like that. And so I can see how doing the same thing with edits to your design or if you're trying to make a chart for something or you want to see maybe how some color combinations might look together that's like Testing. really useful i actually so it i used to work in lighting design and with set designers in theater and i had a a mentor who would always get so frustrated that so much of that design process is done on computers for theater these days cuz she said i think that it's it's important to know how to do it on paper mostly because you know how big things are you're not zooming in you're not zooming out you have a specific idea of how big it is because I remember there was a set we were working on and the designer was a student and was walking around saying whoa this is um much bigger than I thought it was when I was designing it and she was like, yeah, well, that's partially because you didn't draw out the theater space and say, this is my set space. You designed something in a program and we're zooming in and out all over the place. So mm. it's nice to just do something on paper and see in an, in a um, non-electronic format exactly how it looks. And I feel like that's, yeah, that's a similar thing. Anytime you do a thumbnail sketch or you do... Uh, or you work out a chart design in on paper can be a really helpful process because it takes, yeah, it takes longer. We're going to say it takes longer, but there's a low barrier of entry because you're doing it with your hands. And I assuming you have some practice coloring something in your lifetime. Um, most of us have at least, you know, since we, if you, even if you stopped at five before you were five, you were coloring and, uh, you can see how big it's going to be and whether something, if something bothers you, you can stop and move on. <laughs> Paper is a low barrier of entry. And I like that. 
Okay, I want to take a break real quick from our conversation, but we'll get back to that in just a minute. But I want to tell you about The Yarnist, which is our daily knitting email magazine, which comes out every Monday through Friday. In it, you're going to get a quick little article to help you learn about knitting and think about it in ways that maybe you haven't already. Sometimes we have articles about different kinds of yarns, like why alpaca is a good alternative to wool or why wool is so important as a yarn material itself. We talk about things like different ways that you can use stitch markers or the importance of Elizabeth Zimmerman and her effect on knitting in America. We always try to end things with something a little bit funny in order to brighten your day. It's a quick and easy way for you to become a more fearless knitter in about five minutes a day. Now, the best part is that this daily knitting magazine is completely free. All you have to do to get yours is go to yarnist.co and enter your email to sign up today and you'll start getting it right away. All right, let's get back to our conversation. I'm gonna stick in the realm of uh, maintenance and care for your knits. Mm -hmm. And we've already established how important it is to be blocking your garments and your knitted fabric uh, bef when you're finishing up your projects. But there is a great, uh, let's say, additive that you can include in that process that's going to level up your blocking game. And that is wool wash. Um, so there are a few reasons why wool wash helps with things. Um, it depends on how the wool wash is made. But if you have a company like... Uclan? That's it, Uclan. So Uclan it uses lanolin uh, with their and a mix of some other um, uh, materials to create their wool wash, and basically it helps recoat the stitches and the fibers with a tiny amount of natural oil, um, and that helps let the fibers kind of like move smoothly about and resituate within the uh, within the fabric to make sure that everything's like nice and and even and pliable um, and then sets nicely. The other benefit to wool wash is usually it adds like a really pleasant scent to your fabric. And so it's not that that scent is there forever, but especially if you're giving something as a gift, it's a great like last step to sort of put a little bit of wool wash in your basin or your sink, soak your stuff in the, the water. And this one you are going to need to wet block doing that method. Um, and then it's it's going to make it block nicer and it's going to just give it this little extra 
kiss. Uh, Most of, of them also, you don't have to rinse out the, it's not a two-step process. You're soaking the, the knitting and mm-hmm. then you don't have to rinse the wool wash out. It's not a whole rinse or wash right. with soap and then rinse it out. So that's a nice thing that it actually takes a step away from the wet bro- blocking process. You don't have to get rid of excess soap. It wasn't there to begin with. It's more of a hair conditioner than a, than a soap idea. Exactly. And because most yarn is made from animal hair, it makes sense that you should put something in there to sort of like make it look its best. Uh, so there are a few different companies that we will include links to that do this. They kind of vary in price, but Yucalan, uh, I think you can get a bottle for probably like six, seven, eight dollars. Um, and usually it's like a teaspoon per gallon it lasts of for water. A, yeah, it lasts so for a long, long time. So um, I know. Um, I swear soak? it starts with an S. Soak. 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 Yeah. I knew it started with an S. Soak. Um, they have, you can buy like a individual packs of their different scents. And so they have kind of like a bundle that you can get a whole bunch of single use packages. And um, those so are you, super great when traveling. They're great for traveling, but they're have... also nice to give away. As to just gift. figure. Yes. Well, I'm saying they can take them on. A, they can take that gift up while they're traveling. Can't they, Johnny? <laughs> their soaks grapefruit smell is one of my absolute favorites. Mm. It's a fantastic scent because it's not overwhelming. It's really nice. Yes, yeah, we, we'll we've watch. partnered with them in the past uh, with both Euclid and Soak, and uh, they're they're great companies. They have wonderful products. They're not that expensive, and they're, again, incredibly useful. And they up the game significantly. I love that idea. Yes, wool washes are fantastic. Um, what is on my list? Um. I had an audiobook or Spotify subscription as one of the options. If you know someone is knitting all the time, you don't know if you if they have any of these other things you don't want to replace for them. It is a really great option to give them things to listen to because with either Audible or Spotify or any of these audio format things, uh, there are so many options out there and then you can be entertained twice both while you're knitting and while you're listening. We've talked how much we love audiobooks. So I just think that that was a good one to include. And I would add to that, um, like a YouTube, uh, is it Red? YouTube Red? Red or YouTube Premium? YouTube Premium Premium now, I think now. Um, As another option for a subscription type gift that will be very useful. I gladly pay my whatever it is 16 17 dollars a month for youtube premium because you get zero ads um and you can download the videos to watch offline so um if you don't want to be like using your data all the time to stream it you can um you can download the videos and especially if you're on a um I know on iPhone, I don't know if they have this problem on Android, but on iPhone, you can't close the YouTube app and still be watching. Mm. So I actually use YouTube 
mostly for listening to podcasts now. And I will just put on a podcast episode, close the app and just keep listening. So, um, so if you're already using YouTube a lot, I, and you're kind of like, I'm not sure if that's worth the money. It absolutely is worth the money. So I think those are all great options. Uh, the Spotify, Audible, and Audible or Spotify has uh, just started doing audiobooks. You have to buy them. Mm. Um, but I, I'm sure that they'll be having a subscription option coming soon. Well, you know me, a lot of the time it's, I'm going to put on a whole musical soundtrack and be like, yes, it's like a play in my brain. So my last pick is yes. a knitting tool. And when I was exploring the world of knitting as I got started, I was so fascinated by like all of the different kinds of fibers that there were. Um, and then I started learning that, you know, they had knitting needles made of different materials as well. I was like, you, they used to make knitting needles out of tortoise shells. Whale bones. Um, they're illegal now. You can't buy them yeah, don't do anymore. That. Um, but yeah, they had all kinds of like interesting materials. And I own a bunch of interesting and, and unusual uh, knitting needles. I, it's kind of like one of my, like I, I'm not that interested in buying like weird yarns anymore. Uh, but I definitely like to have cool knitting tools and and knitting needles are, are one of those things. So I have the one year for Christmas, I got these hand turned Bacote wood double pointed needles Ooh. and they had like just been made. So when they came out of the box, you could still, they had, he had like charred them to like bring the grain out and they just like smell amazing. Um, they had this like smoky wood scent and the guy, I think he died. He doesn't even make them anymore. Um, but those are like a gift that I have always cherished because they were made just for me and they were made out of this like really rare exotic wood. Yeah. Um, but if you didn't want to go that route, which you could probably find something like that on Etsy or something, I think getting somebody some um, interesting knitting needles, something that they wouldn't necessarily buy on their own is a great option because they will also think like, wow, like you found something really interesting. Um, so I'm a big fan of square needles. I use the collage square needles all the time, but that's not my pick for today. My pick for today is another shaped needle and they only make the needles out of american hardwoods Ooh! so i think they're like cherry and oak and walnut um and they make hexagonal needles and the reason why they do that is because everybody that has ever held a number two pencil is used to feeling that shape hexagon shape in their hands and that so it absolutely has this, makes sense yeah so it has this very like natural 
feel to it, but you get a lot of the same benefits that you do from having something like a square needle, which can help reduce fatigue in your hand. It gives you better tension. It gives your stitches uh, more stitch definition often. Um, you can knit longer using them. And um, I found that it's actually harder to knit tightly when you're using a needle that's shaped other than a cylinder. Um, it, it tricks your hands. <laughs> no, my my theory is that the yarn isn't actually able to uh, close up against all surfaces the same on the needle. Interesting. So it has the most tension against the contact points. And that allows for just a little bit of slack in the yarn that gives you a, a nicer tension that's slightly looser than you might normally be used to. So the company that I'm talking about is called Indian Lake Knitting Needles, and they make um, these hexagonal wooden knitting needles. They do cable needles, they do circular needles, they do straight needles, they do double pointed needles. I have a few pairs. I love them. They're awesome. They cover the circular needles come on a swivel tip. So, um, and they're very high quality. They're all handmade in the United States. I think they're, they come out of Michigan, I think. Um, and they're great. They're, they're so nice to knit with. They're beautiful. And you feel good that you are supporting a small American made business. Nice. I have another set of needles for my number five. These are actually ones that I have requested someone get me this year. We shall see if there if that happens. They are uh, the Addis Cassell Flexi Flip double pointed needles. So instead of having um, four or five needles to make your small circular object like you would with the double point, it has a cable in the center so you would only need three needles to make a and I, I've tried so I tried someone else's pair and I said oh these are sexy I want these in my stash so that is my pick just because I think it's a really it's unusual to come across a new knitting needle format that be like people so people do two circular needles or one circular needle. And I think I have always just been, I like not my double pointed needles and I am a stubborn person. Um, and I, this flexibility in the center, I just think they're very comfortable to work with. You're less likely to stab yourself while they I are, still get to be stubborn in my old timey ways. <laughs> I just bought some um, and I've been using them to knit a hat. Because I was knitting the hat from the top down. Mm -hmm. And to try and manage four, ne four needles at that stage of a project is really cumbersome. Because you're dealing with so few stitches. Uh, so there's more needle than there is yarn. <laughs> yeah. So I thought with the flexi flips, it would basically the stitches can rest on that cable in the center and you don't have the same kind of issues, which is absolutely true. Now I will say that 
I, I found that as the hat got too close to the space of where I would transition to the circular. Uh, circular needle, I was having more and more trouble keeping the stitches on the hat, but they're really geared a little bit more towards sock knitters. So I think for that, they're amazing. I think for hats, they're pretty good. Um, but I'm probably going to invest in more at different sizes because they are way better than doing magic loop or doing the two. Because with the two circular needles, you have to buy two circular needles. Exactly. Um, That's a... And yeah. you're either going to have them at different lengths or you're going to double the same thing that you already own. It's not worth it, but these are definitely worth it. I would. I think they're it, an incredible product. It's a hard recommend for me. Like I, I've used them. I think they're amazing. I think that they are revolutionary uh, innovation in knitting and maybe one of the few that we've seen in the last five years or so. Absolutely. So that is... That's five from each of us, I think. But right now we are going to jump into our bonus picks. Uh, and this is a special content only for members of the Yarnist Society. And the Yarnist Society is our uh, private community where we uh, offer knitting challenges to help level up people's skills. Uh, we give people opportunities to interact through uh, weekly discussions um, we also include a lot of extra bonus content, like the extended podcast episodes. You get to see our YouTube videos early, and you get to vote on our future classes and workshops. And when you join Yarnist Society Plus, you get an all-access pass to the Yarnist Academy, which includes more than 40 different knitting and crochet classes to help you become a more fearless knitter. So if you want to join and listen to our bonus picks, you can go to yarnist.co co slash join. And uh, we hope to see you over there soon. What did you guys think of our picks? Uh, what is it that you want on your Christmas list? Uh, go ahead and leave your thoughts in the comments. Uh, we are going to include links to everything that we talked about in the show notes for this episode. Um, Again, we hope that you enjoyed this and we hope that you are inspired to come up with a great idea to buy a gift for that special knitter in your life. Um, and uh, have a, a wonderful a, holiday. Yeah. And a, and a Merry Christmas. Absolutely. Happy holidays, Johnny. You too, Margaret. You know, one of my favorite movies recently is uh, Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga. I have not seen that, but I've heard it's really fun. I absolutely love it. You know, it is, it's ridiculous. It's a little bit absurd, uh, but it's so sincere. And the music is genuinely on point like really incredible there's um who's that guy from downton abbey um dan dan stevens maybe do you 
he's kind of blonde yeah bright blue yeah, eyes he, he was in the beauty and the beast movie yeah so yeah. he plays a gay russian uh like pop star what a combo <laughs> and he has the best accent in the world um and his characterization is just amazing like he is he is the best part of that entire movie in my opinion um but the movie gets to a place where you generally like want to stand up and cheer and, and shed a shed a tear for like what happens it's so well done like and i think that it's a lot like the spirited movie um mm -hmm. where you know yeah there's this there's this ridiculous kind of like over the top humor but there's really great songs and even though the story is a little bit predictable it's predictable in the best ways like you know you're like I, this is where I would love it to go. And then it goes there and you're like, yes. great, you know? So please say, please say that you've seen um, a mighty wind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a long time ago. So um, I should probably rewatch re it. Um, the, but... the, the thing that I've complained about what Ben and I have complained about to each other is that the real mm. problem with the mighty wind is that the music is too good for the genre that they're playing. Uh, okay. That like all this, all the folk music that they're singing is, it sounds too good to be folk music. From I don't know that I, when I saw it, I probably appreciated that. Enough. No, it's good. So, it's a it's a good time, but you're just like, oh no. Because <laughs> uh, I don't remember. I only remember the the Kiss song. Oh yeah, I uh, have so, the whole soundtrack, sir. I am uh, ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, also, non sequitur. I found this incredible article about um, Eugene Levy and Martin Short and Gilda Radner and that whole sort of um generation of and victor garber this generation of canadian entertainment celebrities and like the one thing they all have in common is they were all part of the original toronto cast of godspell when no one oh, knew really? who the hell they were like eugene victor garber was the original jesus in toronto and then uh, had to leave so he could be in the movie of Godspell. So Eugene Levy took over as Jesus. Interesting. It's okay. Bonkers. So all and Paul Schaefer was in it too. Like all of these people who you're like, oh yeah, I recognize every single name from that cast, and no one had. They were like, we were just casting for energy. We didn't know any of these people were going to become famous. Yeah, that's crazy. I remember like, I went and saw totally bonkers. <laughs> um the is it a uh, second city i went to a second city show um in chicago maybe like 12 years ago mm -hmm. um and i don't remember a ton about the show we are still recording by the way i don't know if yeah, you knew that <laughs> yeah no i know i know <laughs> okay <laughs> um i don't remember a ton about the show but i remember but it would just be interesting to 
try and find out who was in that cast like did mm-hmm. did i see anybody there that is now like 10 years a decade a decade on has like worked their way up into you know the it's, mainstream it's still so weird to like uh so my cousin rob is uh the main editor at American theater magazine. Um, okay. And which, you know, when I first met him, cause he was dating my cousin, Laura, he was not, he worked for like backstage West coast or something. Okay. He was just an assistant editor. Um, but it is always bizarre to find out, like I'll peruse his friends list on Facebook. And I'm like, now you're friends with someone I was in the wizard of Oz went with when i was 14 and they were 11 but you're (laughs) interviewing them because of theater stuff that they're doing now so that's crazy or like the redheaded teacher on um abbott elementary like i went to summer camp with that guy he was a real oh yeah (laughs) i'm like chris go you good for you buddy i hope you're nicer to people now we i was watching uh holiday baking championship from the food network mm-hmm. with my kids and they you know they have the host on who i don't I remember who she was and then they introduced the judges and this girl walks out stephanie boswell who i i went to school with like from elementary school um so, weird. so i turned to my kids and i was like i've known that girl since she was you know, like 10 years old um no like no and, you didn't <laughs> <laughs> and you were uh, never 10 years old dad <laughs> yeah or maybe even like nine um but we were in the wizard of oz together when we were in sixth grade and she was the wicked witch and i was the cowardly lion and and then we did uh she she went to a different school for a while uh for through like junior high and part of high school and then she came back the last couple of years of high school and so we were in uh, drama together and our improv group. And we did a skit. We, we basically did like a, a version of Whose Line Is It Anyway? Mm-hmm. So it was it was an improv night. You would come yeah. to the show, but you didn't know what was going to happen, right? Um, but w- it, we would rehearse just by running the, the games. Right. And one game we did was... Um, what was it? It was the dating game so i think she was just the you know the bachelorette yeah the bachelorette i don't think she had anything particular that was her thing and i don't remember what the other guy was but my friend walter was um auditioning for cats and was way too into the part Uh, like he was like getting like like a uh, method uh, acting yeah and I was a man that was slowly turning into a chicken so at some yeah. point he ends up attacking me and you know I just played it like he bit my head off and then I just started like running around the room like a chicken with the head cut off and we, ha- my teacher was laughing so hard <laughs> throughout this skit that he was like, I know that we're supposed to not pre-plan these things, but we are doing this again uh, for the actual show. 
And it was such a, a crazy thing because the theater that we were in was actually an old science lab. So it was an amphitheater with a bunch of like bench tables across each row. And they just, they said, that's the drama room now. So that's, so, so the floor where you would teach your lectures at was just our stage. Um, but everybody sat at these tables. So I'm running around the room and I just kind of like slam myself down <laughs> on a couple of the tables, like in front of people and they're like freaking out. And uh, <laughs> it was a fun night. But... Oh my God. That's absurd. And then, and then, so, so my English, so my theater teacher was also my English teacher my senior, senior year. And I failed the first semester of English because I didn't like to do homework. Not because I was dumb. Because um, no. homework stinks. Yeah. And so then I had to go to night school in order to graduate. So I, you know, would have to go to you know show up in the evening or whatever like you you know you kind of have like a block of time that you can come and you're supposed to be there for like two or three hours and, and do the workbooks and it's going to take you I don't know eight to ten weeks or something to get through like all of the lessons well the guy that was checking all of the lesson books was at that performance the year before and i guess <laughs> oh just gosh. thought that i was the like funniest thing ever and would always like anytime he was like hey man that was amazing like you were so funny that night and uh and he's like you don't like don't even worry about it like i'll just give you an a <laughs> which i okay. never took i always made him actually check my work <laughs> right and, you're like please great <laughs> but but that's like the i appreciate right there. the right that <laughs> When I was in college, uh, my freshman year, someone decided that they wanted to, two of my, uh, two people that I knew decided that they were going to do a Sondheim review. So everyone was going to do Sondheim songs. And my boyfriend at the time and I had been assigned two different songs. And we said, you know, here's the thing is we would love to do a little priest from Sweeney Todd. And they said, I don't know, that's really complicated. I don't know if we have time to basically train you guys. And he and I were like, shush, we have it already right now. And they were like, yeah, sure, right. And I was like, I'm sorry, you like, if you hold the score, we will do the whole thing for you right now. Because we just know it off the top of our heads. <laughs> and they were like, fine. And then they said, okay crap it seems like you actually do know what you're doing so we'll go ahead and add it to the to the program we'll run a couple of rehearsals but you guys are on your own I'm like great we got this and that was the one thing that the president of our college ever remembered about me was that I had sung a song about eating people <laughs> he would say that was he was like Margaret yes you sang that song about eating people. <laughs> that was so funny. I'm like, thank you, sir. I have three other years of accomplishments at this school, but I'm glad you liked that performance. <laughs> like, I have moved on about so many other things in my life. Yes, I love that song, but like literally everything else about my life is different, but thank you. Thank you for appreciating my 
erstwhile Mrs. Lovett. <laughs> <laughs>